Hey guys, this is Melvin, your wingman here. Just want to uh, thank you, first of all, for tuning back in for part two of Kimberly's story. We'll be picking up where we left off, talking about our move to Dallas, and we'll wrap it up from there. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Then Melvin gets the call that he has to go and move to to out here to Dallas. And we had already been planning this prior to, and I could not move with Melvin because I was in my last semester of my master's program and I was heavy in, I had a whole lot of clinical hours I had to finish up. And I was almost like, I literally was going to be like graduating in like two and a half months. And so I had to finish that up. So we were decided he was going to go ahead and move, get the apartment ready. I moved in with one of my best friends and I finished up my program. Meanwhile, I continued to go to the church. Melvin connected with our sister church here in Dallas. So, so, the cool thing is, is I'm getting ready to move to Dallas. I don't know anybody out here except my buddy Kyle, who told me about the job out here. And Birch, before I leave, he's like, you know what? Sarah lives out there. And who Sarah is, is when we were in college, Birch dated Sarah and I dated her best friend and roommate. So me and Birch were best friends and we dated best friends. So he says, I'm going to get you her number and you can hook up with her out there. And so I'm like, well, wow, man, that's that's pretty cool. That's ironic. So yeah. I head out and I'm by myself and uh, I'll let you go first. So we're both going to sister churches, same church family, but di- different areas. Oh, well, no, let me go then. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I go out there to a park service and... She goes to another region, but I go to a park service, meet her, and it is, you know, again, just like old friends. Me and her were super close in in college, and it just seemed like everything was falling into place. You can kind of see how God, even when you try to ruin everything, God is really working on the other side. Yeah. And Kimberly is... By herself, still going to church in Knoxville. And how's it going for you there? So it was going good. The thing, when I started going, like, it was convenient. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be honest. Initially, it was convenient because it was at 4 o'clock in the evening. I could sleep in. I could do whatever I wanted to do. And then go. The service was not long. And talk, chit-chat a little bit. And then I'd go on about my business. Well, There in the church is a sister who is a family nurse practitioner. So immediately me and her hit it off because I'm in MP school, FMP school. And so we're talking and, you know, that is a link for us. And we're talking and she would like always come up to me and she would always like, you know, check in with me, how's school going? And, you know, we would talk about this. She would ask how Melvin was doing. Now she is married to one of Melvin's friends, uh, old friends as well. And her sister led with Melvin at one point in time. So it's like, as you can see, they, they really were like one big family. You know what I'm saying? So as a side note, they moved here. They're both Indian <laughs> and they moved here 
right before I joined the church. And all three of us went to a community college together and I drove. So I would come and pick them up and, you know, take them to school, take them back home and then take them to church a lot of times. And we, we, I just drive them around, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'd give them rides places. And so over time we were super close, like super close. And they would, uh, a lot of the um, their American English, they spoke English, but their American slang and stuff like that that they learned was from me, which, <laughs> which had them, you know, speaking like a country black dude. Mm. It was hilarious. But anyway, go ahead. So anyways, I come home to my, you know, where I was saying, and I'm talking back and forth to Melvin, of course, every day. And one of the things that impacted me was that, for one, Everybody in this church had a Bible. I was not used to that because I would go to church and people did not bring Bibles other than the older members, like the motherboard, the deacons, the trustees, older people would bring Bibles, but everybody had their Bible and there was, there were no Bibles. You know, most time you go to church, they got the hymnals and the Bibles in the back of the pews. No, everybody was bringing in their own Bible from People who were teenagers to like preteens to adults that were my age to people who were older, everybody had a Bible. And when they would say, turn to whatever passage, everybody would turn to that passage. Like nobody was looking at the table of contents and I'm sitting over here thumbing through like, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all about to start reading. I ain't there yet. And I was so embarrassed because at this point I started sitting with people because I've been you know, making little relationships and stuff like that. And so that in, that impacted me. But then as we, we went on a different people were getting up, they were looking for an evangelist. So different people were coming and different people were like preaching. And I started having questions. So I would kind of write my questions down. And then when I would get on the phone with Melvin, Melvin would say, I would ask him and he would say, well, why don't you ask one of the sisters there? Because I think they could probably explain it to you a lot better. And I was like, uh, no, like, I know you can explain this to me. Why don't you explain it to me, Melvin? And then he was like, because I feel like they would be able to, you know, explain this a lot better to you in a way that a woman, you know, would look at it and view it. And it wouldn't hurt for you to like, form some relationships with some of the girls. And I was like, "Mm, no, just go ahead and explain this to me. And he was like, okay, well, just think about it. And I was like, no, I'm not. So a couple of weeks go by and stuff like that. And I'm at church and I am talking to Paramita. That's the uh, sister that's a family nurse practitioner. And I just blurt out with her, do you want to sit down and like, talk about some scriptures with me because like I have some questions and I need some answers and she her mouth flung open and she was like uh yeah of course so we go and we go to an Applebee's (laughs) and we go over we eat and we go over some some scripture and from there I start my journey of like digging into the Bible for myself. And um, at this point, Melvin, where are you at that point? So at this point, I am 
going to church here and just starting to build relationships. Um, the first people I kind of meet when I came down here were Gerard and John Jackson. G-Money. G-Money. Uh, so Sarah introduced me to John, G-Money, and uh, Charles, Charles Famineau. Mm-hmm. I think Charles was one. And then maybe Damon. Maybe Damon. I can't remember. Mm, okay. But, um, you know, I start to meet all these different people, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet Jesse Hurd, I'm pretty sure. And uh, uh, Shelia and uh, Don. No, I meet Shelia first. And I remember you telling me about Shelia. Yeah, so I come up. This part is funny. Not as, so I come up and, and um, Shelia is from South Carolina. And she's like, Hey, in this, it's a cookout. So everybody has food at different places. And I'm just kind of meandering around meeting people. Sarah's like taking me around because, again, she doesn't go to church in this area. She just came out here to introduce me to people in my area. And Shelia comes up and she's like, Hey, have you eaten? I'm like, No, ma'am. I'm like, No, ma'am. I'm not. And I don't even know if I said ma'am because I think that this person is my age or younger uh well come on over here and get get something to eat eat, eat this you know get and making me a plate no 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 and i'm like man why is this lady talking to me like the, I'm, what what is going on she's talking to me like she's like my mom or something like she's my mom's age like she's you know you you know how your mom would react at versus how somebody your age or younger yeah, would yeah. react to yeah. to you, and come to find out, this lady is He's like your mama age. Yeah, <laughs> she just retired. No, she she didn't retire, but she's she. I think she may be sixty. Yeah, sixty. Yes, some, I don't know. 60s. I'm telling you, and I am not even lying, man. I thought this lady was my age or younger. Well, I you know, could not they believe say it. Black don't crack. Man, black do not crack, and she's very dark skinned so it do not crack at all. I thought this lady was my age or younger, but anyway, um, again, it just kind of brought me back to just that feeling of, wow, man, this is good. So I start going to church regularly and um, start studying the Bible and doing more of like a, a restoration type of study. Uh, to, to restore you back to the right, body of Christ. Right. And really the whole idea behind it is find out what were the things that, that were roadblocks for you. You know what I mean? What led to that? And to make sure that you deal with those things and you can repent and you can change and be better and set you up for victory, basically. But really getting you, it's almost like going to counseling, like, Let's talk about the things that that you went through and what brought you to this. And, you know, I'm really kind of addressing it almost in like a pretty prideful way because I'm still thinking about where where I came from. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I'll stay the Bible with a million people, man. This ain't nothing new, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I'm approaching it, honestly, is, you know, this this is nothing new. I'm not. It's not anything. Let's study this and let's get to it and let's go head on. Let's keep it moving. And um, I think about this time you come up. Yeah. 
Because I only had like a couple of studies with Paramita. And I'll be honest with you guys. So studying the Bible with her, I even went into it being prideful because I, I, I have a, I have a issue with sizing people up and, you know, seeing where, you know, like I, we all line up. So I'm thinking I was born and raised a Christian and brought up in a church. And this girl was raised in a country that didn't even like, there was a part of her life. She didn't even know about God. You know what I'm saying? She was Hindu. And so, you know, so what can she honestly tell me about something that I've known since a tot? That's, that was my, as prideful as that view is, that was the honest truth. Okay. But God was like, but wait. (laughs) (laughs) So she started studying with me. And when we reference studying the Bible, this is not like a sermon or a preaching thing. This is literally someone like, hey, let's look at this verse. And you're literally looking at foundational scriptures that every believer should know. You know what I'm saying? We they we talk about, you know, what the Bible is, who God is, you know, what this means, like what discipleship is, how you should be living your life, what sin is, what sin is in your life. You know, these are foundational things, the cross. You know, all of these things are things that you need as any believer. We should all be united on You know what I'm saying? These beliefs. So as she is like, we're looking at different passages that reflect these things. It is very clear to me me, that I don't know nothing. Okay. I've literally been in church all my life and I know nothing. And I tell this example a lot because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that's just like me. That was, that's in the same boat that I was in. She went over a passage in Matthew and that the great commission, Jesus has been crucified. He is talking to the, the, uh, the, uh, pop, the, the disciples. And then he ascends to heaven. Then the very next scripture she, she shares with me is in Mark and Jesus is calling his first disciples. And I stop her and I say, whoa, 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 whoa. How is he calling the first disciples? He just died and went up to heaven. And she had to explain to me, this is not a storybook. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are accounts of Jesus's life. They're not in, they're not in order. And this is Matthew's account. This is Mark's account. So we're basically starting the story all over again. It's like you're sitting in a room with four different people and they're giving you their view of one person's life. They're telling you what they witnessed. And I didn't know that. And inside, I was embarrassed. I did not know that apostles were different. Like I thought that disciples, when she kept using the word disciple, 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 I was thinking apostles. I did not know that there is a distinction between apostles and disciples. (laughs) Like, yes, the apostles were disciples, 
because they were followers of Christ, but everybody ain't no apostle. You know what I'm saying? That there was a, there were select few that were apostles. So I didn't even know this. And so that intrigued me to say, if I don't know this, this something that seems very small, what else do I not know? So right there, that was, I was hooked. I was like, I need to know. I need to know what I don't know. And I don't feel comfortable not knowing. Like, if I don't know something this this small, then I really don't know nothing about nothing. Like, my whole life felt like, what, what, what have I been doing? Right. And so then we do those couple of studies. I move out here to Dallas, Texas. And I have already, because Melvin was connected already to a group out here, he's studying with the men. I, in turn, start studying with the women. And at that point, that was a journey. I go through all of just my studying, doing a lot of individual studying, doing a lot of research on my own. It was very evident that I was not saved. Even though I, quote unquote, got baptized when I was seven, I did not know the decision that I was making. I did not clearly know what repentance was. I did not know what confession was. And what, what the Bible says, not what nobody told me, but what the Bible said it was. And I did not, I was too lax on what sin was. And to be quite honest, there was some stuff I didn't even know was sin. I didn't even know some stuff was sin. So it was very evident to me that I needed to have some type of action that was going to change my trajectory eternally. So after all of that, you know, I went into the light. I made the decision to make Jesus Lord and I truly was baptized. I truly died. (laughs) My old self died and it was crucified in that water and I rose up a new creation. And yeah, there it is. And that was me. And during this time, uh, I had... Again, like I said, I'd started um, going into this as a restoration, and I was studying the Bible with, uh, I remember it was a, a study with Charles and, Charles and, uh, you and Gerard. Gerard and John. We're sitting in mm-hmm. John's living room. I'm not a crier at all. Mm. No, he's not, guys. We're sitting there talking, and... Um, they start asking me about different things, and uh, Charles keeps on saying, "Like, what is it that you are holding back? What are you? What it? You know, what is it?" And I'm like, "Listen, I'm telling you the truth here. If I wanted to cover something up, I could. Like, I've gone through all these studies. Like, I literally said that. Like, I could tell you whatever I want to tell you. Like, so why why would I come in here and play around? He's like, "No, you couldn't." You know, you said it was something that I said. And I was like, no, I didn't mean that. He's like, yes, you did. Or else you wouldn't have said it. Like the 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 spirit groans from within, you know. Mm. You can't come in here and, and it, it's all going to come out. Wow. And, uh, Go ahead, Charles. Yeah. And I, you know, I still kind of had a contentious demeanor. And I forget what we were talking about. And I just start going into it, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about 
And I start talking about being angry and things I'd never even thought about, like being angry about different things and situations. And I start crying. And I'm like, what? Like, and I I couldn't even understand why. And it was just like that. I just really started digging in more. Right. And this was different than the first time I studied the Bible. It wasn't no like boom, bam, bing, bow type of feelings. But I just know that that my heart just changed and and it it still felt weird, but I came home and I started studying the Bible and I start like just praying and digging in and um I don't know what it was, man, but I started looking at like my conversion and like what it means to be saved and and thinking about my pride and you know what I kind of, because I felt good about that part of my life. Like I was effective. I really helped change a lot of people's lives. And I had a very high opinion of myself, um, of that version of myself. And I went back and I thought, I was like, what if I was never saved? Like, what if, what if it wasn't really in my heart? What if I really didn't do it? You know, what if I, and I start going down this whole path of of that, and it it led me to when we got back together, um, because that was the challenge. He said, "Go think about you, go think over your initial conversion," and I went into it thinking like, "I know what this guy's gonna do. He's gonna try to like challenge my conversion. I'm gonna get him." But the more I read, the more I prayed, the more I thought about it. I just was like, I don't know, man. And I, I went in there and before he could even say anything, he just asked me, you know, tell him how I was feeling. And I went through some things and I just was like, you know, man, I, I was praying and man, I, I don't know. I may need to, I may need to get baptized. You know, I may not have, have given, you know, it may not have been right. And we go through all that and, Fast forward, I do end up getting baptized. Um, now, in in retrospect, I don't necessarily believe that. Um, but what I do believe is that I had to tear down those walls of of what I thought about myself and and how I felt. You know what I mean? Mm. I needed to tear break down. Um, really understand that no matter what I was doing on the outside, it was all about the heart. And I had to go back and find out, and that was life-changing. I had to go back and look at the Melvin back then, who was very zealous, who was very passionate, but who was very prideful. And I had to go back and start to parse out, like, what was it, what were the things that I was dealing with? Where was my heart at when I was doing these different things. Was I really pleased with that person? And it it wasn't to throw away all of that that got because at the end of the day, it had nothing to do with me. That was God did that in my life. And and I could never take away what God had done. But I was not a finished product. Mm. And everything that I went through, I needed it. Because at the rate I was going, I mean I was fruitful like I mean I was out there killing it really 
And I was so caught up in how people respected me and thought about me and the things that I wasn't getting and how people were doing me wrong and this, that, and the third, that it had all become about me and it had all become more about me being a leader and everything else in, instead of what it was at the beginning. Wow. Like me being grateful that God had rescued me from this life of despair mm. and just being okay with that. Like, Hey, look where am I? I'm at. I'm alive yeah. right now. I'm alive. Yeah. I'm not intoxicated. Like I'm clear minded. Mm. Like that was enough, man. I was, I was so joyous, but I had gotten to a point that I had begun to be more involved in the corporate structure of things than just the basic relationship with God. Mm, that's good. And it was, it was, refreshing because it it really showed me I'm only one step away from falling off the map man yeah. so I got to make sure that I'm I'm clinging and I got to be careful on my relationships with people it mm-hmm. made me be a lot more introspective when I'm dealing with other people now uh, I I still am super judgmental mm. naturally but I am more I, I've been able to navigate those things a lot better now and so at the end of the day, it really just showed me how amazing God is and how thorough God is, yeah. even when it comes to your and I's relationship. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because, like, for for years, honestly, guys, like, you hear Melvin's story and it's like, it's so extreme to me. Like, it's like... um like a movie, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's full of action. He had this, this life of sin and then he was snatched, you know? And I'm just kind of like, oh, I was a good girl. That was kind of bad. But then I decided to make a very great decision and give Christ my life. But it wasn't until probably about a couple of years ago, as we were kind of just talking, we were just talking through it. Like, I think... You might have said, like, what if I really did, like, you know, what if I really did, like, go about courting you the way that God wanted me to court you, you know? And we just started talking about it. And through that, I realized that, like, our story is important. The way that it happened was supposed to happen that way. And because here's the thing, if you think about it. Take anybody who was going to church, sold out for for God, and then they decided, I'm not going to church anymore. They end up finding a girl, and they end up getting married. How many of those people would actually find their way back to Christ? The chances of that happening, probably not. And even still, God wrote that into our story. Not only did you come back to Christ, but you ended up, that wife that you married came to Christ too. Like in the way that it happened. Because here's here's another thing. Here's a part of this. Really, it's part of Melvin. Like Melvin is a part of it, but it ain't his story. So he mentioned Sarah, right? Sarah typically does not would not have attended the service that she <laughs> attended with him. 
She only attended it because she didn't want him to come by himself. And she wanted to introduce him to other people in the region. So he wouldn't show up and wouldn't know anybody. While she was there, the evangelist's wife, Connie, introduces her to someone and says, you know what, you know who I, she asked her, I think, when's the last time you've been on a date, Sarah? And Sarah, I don't know, I don't know. Well, I got somebody I want you to meet. Introduces her to a young man, Josh Hose. And guess what? They end up starting to date and they end up getting married and they got two kids today. And it's all because like, Who could have scripted that better than God? Like so many people were affected by this story. Like the fact that Melvin goes and leaves and I still decide to continue to go to the church. And knowing my background, I've already told y'all, I didn't want to show up early. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to ask no questions. And I didn't want nobody to ask me no questions. So the simple fact that I was at the church by myself, that right there is a miracle. Okay. (laughs) You're like, because these weren't my people. They was his people. That's how I looked at it at first. These not my people. They his. And so... And 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 was and and even and and just because I wanted to be closer to God, it didn't take away the awkwardness, guys. Like I still thought some stuff was awkward to me, but the awkwardness didn't override me wanting to know the truth. You know what I'm saying? People all up. I didn't told y'all. I didn't want nobody up in my business. There's a scripture I do want to uh, share with you guys that I feel really is kind of like the flagship of my testimony. You know, of course, a lot of other scriptures are as well, but I want to share this one because I feel like this is exactly um, how I was. This is uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 39. And I'll probably go through, I'll go through 41. Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. And I I mentioned earlier that I look good on the outside. I looked really good on the outside, but in the inside, I was full of rage. I was full of discontent, envy. Um, you name it. You go. You go read Galatians five. You name it. You name it. You go listen to. I mean, you go look at Galatians five and look at all that list of sin. And I literally could check off everything except for like orgies and witchcraft. Like I could, that was the, that was the only thing on the list that I had not done. You know what I'm saying? But I had done everything, drunkenness, all of that stuff. And it also, it says, and the like, everything that's like all these things. I had done, I had done it. And so, but no, I had a good face. And I know lots of people who were doing things right there along with me, who who can be, who could be just like me, you know? And so I think at this point that my 
story is just as powerful as anyone else's, even my husband's, because it shows how God had written out every detail of my life. Even going back to the simple fact that we were put in the same class with each other. Because like I said, I wasn't there for Melvin. I wasn't there randomly in just the little bird elective class. I was, I picked that class because a guy that I was chasing after was in that class. And it was all a part of God's plan. Everything. You know, Romans 8, 28 says that, that, oh Lord, I'm drawing a block. (laughs) What does it say? All things work to the good of those who love him. There it go. I got it. Y'all, I've been to, I took NyQuil. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta give me a pay. NyQuil? I did. I've been up in, I've been up in here since the beginning on NyQuil. So y'all gotta, y'all gotta be patient with me. So anyways, but that, that really is true. When I think about that, that really is my life. You know, and it's your life. You know what I'm saying? It's your life too. And it's your life that that's listening. All of you guys that are listening to us now, you know, nothing is a mistake. Nothing is coincidence. Nothing is, you know what I'm saying? And so anything else, Melvin? No, um, I think, uh, just a, yeah, just imparting for both of our stories, they kind of hit on a a on both sides of the the coin, um, and I think we'll have another one where we talk about just our marriage because at the end of the day, our our marriage was revolutionized. We went from being two separate people, two separate people, separate and loving minded. and really loving one another. Yeah. Very selfishly. Mm, good um, one. Good point. Good point. Loving each other very selfishly, loving because it was good for us. Mm. Uh, it, to having a being able to together find out like what real love is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and right. be able to go down this road of of understand. It's a hard road because really what you see every day is how much I see every day how much my love falls short of what it's supposed to be for Kimberly and I mean that's really what every day is because I'm comparing it to what God demonstrates as this is what love is but the cool thing is is now I have a wife who like we're fighting this thing together we're Mm -hmm. fighting to be more and more like Jesus every day and most day more days than not I am way off and, but I get this person to, to go through this together with, and we'll talk about that more, but, um, if there's anything I would like people to take away from this, anybody who's listening on both sides, just like what Kimberly said, it's people who can relate. And for me, in this phase of my story, just understand that. God is never, never get, God is never through. You're never to a point to where you have made it. And that's not to, to have a negative outlook in it, but that's to say that God is always working and he's putting things in your life, good times, bad times, the lowest of the lows, 
all of these things are happening to shape you and, and get you more and more, give you a better chance at, at making it to heaven and giving you a better life here on earth. Um, a life that's more full, uh, not just, when I say a better life, I don't just mean tangible things. I'm saying a more full life. Um, yeah, and that's it. Yes, guys. So that's us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we definitely appreciate you all going on this journey with us. I know we probably got, I know we got wordy on this. And, you know, um, we didn't really want it to be very scripted. We wanted it to be kind of conversational between us. That's just how we do on this podcast. But, you know, we we did want to get our stories out to you guys. We wanted y'all to see um, who's talking to y'all, like who's behind the mics. You know what I'm saying? And that we're not, you know, by man's standard, we're not qualified, but by God's, we are. And we're just your everyday people. We're just like you all. And we're trying to figure it out too. That's the only thing, the only decision that we have made is that we're trying every single day to cling to God. And we felt like it was very important to let you guys know who we are, you know, like we're not up here, no pastors, no evangelists, no, no nothing. You know, we, we're everyday people. And so, um, we thank y'all for going on this ride with us. Um, I think we've said everything. You've been listening to the Soul Sense Podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Kim, and my trusty wingman, Melvin. <laughs> right here. And if you, uh, one thing before I actually say goodbye, if you would, if you like what you're hearing, please like and share the episode. But also, guys, give us a review. Rate us. Give us a review on iTunes. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You also can find us on all things social. Well, just about all things social. Um, we're on uh, Twitter at SoulSensePod. That's P-O-D. And we're on Instagram, SoulSensePodcast. And we're also on Facebook, Soul Sense Podcast as well. Please follow us on all those platforms. Please comment. Please interact with us. We're wanting to engage more with you guys. But um, just if you could do that to, for us, we'd definitely appreciate it. Please subscribe. Thank you. And we're out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>